Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pusher. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbafe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi line on a football Friday, going at you guys with a triple option here on a football Friday. Femi and Bebfe alongside Mike Palm, the VP of operations here at the Circa Resort and Casino, and Mike Pritchard, our VEASAN NFL analyst, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, former first-round pick, and also a national champion with the Colorado Buffs. The Buffs play tonight by the way hosting Stanford we'll get into that game when we talk a little bit of college football in just a bit here but fun show that we have on deck coming up in hour number two Tank Williams former NFL defensive back now betting analyst will join us as we discuss this week's NFL slate but gentlemen how are we doing here on this football Friday morning wonderful wonderful we're in the midst of the playoff major league baseball playoffs hockey's underway <laughs> WNBA is. finals and we got a full week in a college football uh it really started last night so uh it's it is a great time to be a better yeah absolutely from a betting standpoint <laughs> the fall or when we're in the spring Ooh, for me what? it's a fall okay, yeah. okay. Um, october november no, okay yeah because you got march madness you got all that stuff yeah, I mean, it's tough i i playoffs think, and yeah i I used to be a bigger college basketball better than I am now. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, there's so many teams. Right. To, there's so many teams, 353 Division One teams to pay attention to. I like it right now. Mm-hmm. Start of the hockey season, baseball playoffs are some an animal unto itself. And then we're <laughs> we're right in the middle of uh, of the football, the NFL, and the and college seasons. 100%. And yep. we have the, the hockey guide is out over at vcin.com slash subscribe for those of you who did not get it. NBA guide is also out. JVT, mm-hmm. our senior NBA analyst, did a terrific job on that. The association comes back in about 10 days or so. So that'll be a lot of exciting. And it adds to the uh, <laughs> the menu that we have here to bet on. But let's talk about what we saw last night. It wasn't the uh, most delicious meal on the menu, but it was uh, a prominent one. And that was the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Denver Broncos 19 to 8 in the AFC West showdown on Thursday night football. Chiefs just cover the 10 and a half point spread. Harrison Butker knocking through a 52 yard field goal, which was really impressive <laughs> in the wind conditions that we saw at Arrowhead Stadium last night. Game goes well under the total of 47 and a half and uh, the way that i saw this is that this was a game that came and went and i'm glad i had no money on it <laughs> yeah um the betters got the better part of the under that total came down uh we really didn't get cited too much here number moved around so 11 wasn't an awful result how about butker's kick before the half yeah. that would have been good from 70 right right, right. that would have been good from mm-hmm. 70 yeah that pretty amazing um I just continue to marvel at how poorly Russell Wilson is playing. And it's, it's hard to believe. I mean, he, he's the decisions he's making, mm-hmm. what he's seen. I don't know. But compare that to, you know, even his time from Wisconsin through winning the Super Bowl, almost winning two in Seattle and really being the, the hero of that city. Right. To, to what we're watching right now. I mean, I know Mr. Lombardi has some opinions on the direction the Broncos should go. 
What do you say about your former team? Prince? Well, I mean, it's, it's falling apart. Like I said this a couple of weeks ago. I, you know, I, I thought they hit rock bottom, but they keep crashing <laughs> through the floor. Uh, you know, Sean Payton didn't help himself by what he said at the beginning of the year. There's no confidence on that roster at all. When you, when you have a bunch of players saying that they're a bunch of losers in the locker room, you have guys that have been a Bronco their entire career so far. They have not won, right? And so that, that's never good. You, you got you to gotta turn this thing over. Uh, they've kind of slow rolled it in terms of trying to turn it over, thinking that, okay, we're a quarterback away. Let's put Russell Wilson in there. When in reality, they were entire roster away uh, back, uh, in, you know, a few years ago. So, you know, this team, uh, this franchise, once a, a proud franchise, you know, Joe Ellis, who was running the trust because of Mr. Bolin, he didn't know what he was doing. He wasn't an owner. You know, John Elway was one foot out the door. You know, I, I did a lot for this organization. I'm going to go play golf in Coeur d'Alene. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Beautiful and, place. And, oh, it's awesome <laughs> up there, right? Um, and then you just had complacency all throughout the entire building. And so now, now they're trying to fix it. They're trying to piecemeal it, right? But it looks awful. You're right. Russell Wilson is nowhere close to the quarterback he once was. And, and I don't know how you get him or program him or get him to play the way you need to. And then on top of that, Sean Payton has not been calling great games either, though. I mean, it is it is atrocious out there. And then defensively, um, not very good. Right? They got good players, a couple good players, but uh, not not solid. So that was a dangerous game for me because it was just that short week, lack of preparation, divisional game familiarity, tendencies are in play now. Uh, I stayed away from it as well as Femi. So I I, I watched it uh, as much as I could, uh, <laughs> but mostly took a lot of notes in terms of what to look for as we move through the season right now. I forgot who tweeted this. I wish I knew because I would give them credit, but I saw a tweet last night and it said, the Broncos should have either lost this game by 28 or by eight points. Like it <laughs> felt like one of those weird sort of games where it's like you could make a case that, hey, they actually probably should have covered by the way Kansas right. City was messing up the red zone stuff. Or you could make the other side of that, well, Denver probably should have been blown out in this game because they couldn't get going on offense. And you mentioned it, Mike, here, the way that Russell Wilson played last night, 13 of 22, 95 yards, one touchdown. It was a great catch by Cortland Sutton, but mm -hmm. the two interceptions, uh, one of them was horrific. The one that Nick oh. Bolton just didn't see him at all, threw it right to him. The other one was off a deflection. So uh, I just we've known that Wilson has been bad dating back to last season. And the numbers bear it out. Six, 14 and one against the spread as the mm -hmm. Broncos quarterback. But really what stood out to me, and I don't know if maybe this is just the feeling out process because it's year one for Sean Payton. But Pritch mentioned it like. Sean Payton, it doesn't feel like he's got this thing under control. It doesn't feel like we're going in the right direction. And like just the timeout at the end of the first half, it's like, yeah. what are you doing with that? Like that doesn't feel like the Sean Payton that we saw in New Orleans. Yeah, it's it's lost. I thought the storyline going into the fourth quarter was would would they get shut out? Because Payton's never been shut out. I mm -hmm. think 238th head coaching game, he's right. never been shut right. out. I thought they were going to get shut out. Mm -hmm. I really did. I didn't know how they were going to string three or four first downs together. They did. They completed. They got the help of that roughing the passer penalty. Um, generous. Uh, uh, they would have been. Yep. I'm sure they're going for it on fourth down, right? right? They're down 16. They would have had it went fourth and 10. But that got them to the uh, first down at the 12, and they scored. I, I Somebody said to me last night, and they said, this this goes to show you what a good coach Pete Carroll is, mm -hmm. the way Russell Wilson performed in Seattle compared to now. But I don't know if I can draw that logical conclusion. You know, I, you want to give a lot of credit to Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll had to protect Russell because that mm -hmm. roster was full of men. Uh, and I'm talking about guys that would call you out, right? Uh, and, and Russell, it was too delicate for that. And Pete had to protect that. Uh, I think Russell aligned himself with uh, Paul Allen, too, yeah. uh, the owner at the time. And, uh, you know, that rubbed people the wrong way in the locker room. So he tried to do that in Denver. He tried to do the exact same things in Denver. Uh, and you can't pr keep protecting this guy and his ego. Uh, and, you know, Sean Payton's got a big problem that way. I'll give you another indicator why Sean Payton and his coaching staff stinks right now is because you have McLaughlin and uh, Javante Williams. Balling, right? They were running the ball, running tough, playing a lot of plays. I was just looking at the snap count. Samaji Pirine comes in and fumbles, right? In a critical situation. He was cold. <laughs> Why is he in the game? That's on the running backs coach and certainly that's on the staff or whoever put him in in that situation. He's cold. And I'm not making excuses. You're supposed to hold on to the rock. But you already had guys getting plenty of run in the game.
were already warmed up. And, and now you're in a critical moment of the game and you put in this guy and he fumbles, right? Uh, and it wasn't anything that would have caused a fumble to hit. It was just hit off his thigh. It just yeah. wasn't protected because he was cold. He wasn't into the game. Uh, and so that was a coaching error that, that was catastrophic. And it's, it's just stuff like that that the Broncos are doing that, that makes them a laughing stock right now. I want to switch over to the Kansas City side because we'll have a lot of time to kind of do the Denver eulogy because that's where this is headed, sitting at one and five <laughs> through six weeks of the season. For the Chiefs, though, they improved to five and one, but they're getting it done in a way that they haven't gotten it done in this Mahomes era. It's with defense. Mm-hmm. Like Chris Jones has been awesome. He's had a sack every single game this season that he's played coming back from the holdout. Like there, Nick Bolton's now back there. The secondary, those young pieces are starting to play really well there with Trent McDuffie and the whole crew. And offensively, though, the Chiefs look kind of pedestrian. And this is a Denver off a de- defense, rather, that had been giving up yards after yards and points after points. Did it concern you that Kansas City didn't look crisp against Denver, or is it kind of just chalk it up to the conditions? It, it looked like they looked on that Sunday night game against the Jets. It's taking Mahomes so long to read. They're, he's not getting the looks and making the quick throws and, and putting the balls in, in, in spots. And, you know, and then, you know, when he starts backpedaling and he, and he turns his shoulder, you know, and he gets his shoulders parallel to the line of scrimmage, bad things are going to happen mm-hmm. for that team. So I am concerned about their offense. I'm concerned about their offense when they go up against the top defense, mm-hmm. which they haven't yet. Yeah. Um, they don't look explosive at all. And uh, they just continue to win these games. You know, you have to give them credit for that. But when push comes to shove, um, I'm not sure that the level they were the last three or four years. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I kind of saw this coming. I mean, they took away Terry Kill, right? Yep. And so the yep. explosive nature of the offense is gone. Um, but they want to matriculate. They want to. They, they want to get to more possession type plays. And I won them a Super Bowl last year. So what we're looking for is betters and what we're looking for is fans, this explosive offense and, and these dynamic plays. Andy Reid has turned back the clock. He's in mid-90s form right now with this mm-hmm. offense, the Green Bay Packers. He's on that tree with Mike Holmgren. Yeah. So watching that game, because re- I ran this offense, it, it reminded me of the freedom that we have, like Kelsey in the middle of the field. Like if you were like E-personnel, I, w- I, w- I would take the place of the tight end. Basically, that's what Kelsey is. He's an E-personnel guy. When he's maneuvering in the middle of the field, he's just finding a spot. You got so much freedom. It's supposed to be a basic cross, but it's not a basic cross. Like just find an open spot. So they're improvising on the fly and it's working. We're, we're looking for something else, but to them it's working. And at the same time, they're revving up the running game. So they're in stealth mode. I agree with you. I think we're, we mm. should be looking for more, especially when they, when they get some teams that can match up with them. That's going to be tough if they don't have any great matchups on the outside. But what they're doing right now, they're in stealth mode offensively, and uh, <laughs> that record's allowing them. And the competition that they played so far is allowing them to remain in stealth mode. And then the, the improv is what I'm curious to see if that is sustainable once yeah. they play better right. competition. Next week, they'll be hosting the Chargers. The Chargers, say, say what you want about them. They've always given the Chiefs a little bit of trouble. Those games always feel like they come down to a field goal. And then a few weeks from now, week nine, they played the Miami Dolphins over in Germany. That, I think, will be an interesting game to see how they can keep up with that Dolphins offense. All right, we'll get to some of the other NFL news and notes. We're just getting warmed up here on the Lombardi Line. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. We rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbafe, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. Femi Abebefe, Mike Paul, Mike Pritchard. And maybe we'll find out who the Pac-12 crown belongs to later on this weekend. Because coming up tomorrow, it's a showdown on Montlake between rivals. College game day in Seattle. Cannot wait to see the greatest setting on a national stage as the Oregon Ducks play the Washington Are you Huskers. going? I'm not going, no. I'm Mitch Moss is going. Is Amal going? Shaw has an invitation and he's on the fence oh, he's if not he wants going. to go. He's not going. <laughs> if he's not going to Washington, he's never going to a college. <laughs> yeah, he, went, he went to Ohio <laughs> State, <laughs> Michigan, because Derek dragged him there and he, he thought he couldn't say no, I guess. He Amal, slept. He slept during the game. From what I know about Amal. Michigan. Wow, really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Wow. Fell asleep. Okay. From what, <laughs> I, know, from what I know about Amal is that he likes to watch all the games. He doesn't really like to just be in one setting. Yeah. I'm not a big in attendance kind of a guy, so you would go right if you had a ticket to the somebody game. Somebody said somebody yep. paid for my flight, yep. and paid for my ticket. I, well, I just said had a ticket to the game. I didn't know about putting you up, Lodge. Oh man! Hey what man, is, what is I need a stipend. <laughs> just stay up all night and enjoy it that way. You got to convince Bill Andy. We need someone on the scene there. Right there, you go. Boots on the ground in Seattle. Nobody better than somebody from the Pacific Northwest. But I can't wait for the game, though. Oregon-Washington, 3.30 Eastern kickoff, 12.30 Pacific. Right now, the Huskies, three-point favorites, total 67. We talked with Barrett Salee last week, who said the Heisman Trophy could be on the line in this game. The loser could be eliminated, but we'll put all that stuff to the side. How do you guys see this game uh, shaking out tomorrow on Montlake? I think the total's too high. Mm. I, I uh, You know... Both of these offenses are very efficient, but they, they, they're not fast-paced teams per se, right? They, they, they don't try to rush to the line. Yeah. Oregon wants to run the ball. Right. Make no mistake about right. it. Oregon wants to run the ball more than Washington wants mm-hmm. to run the ball. I think it'll be a great game. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if either team wins. It's probably just a one-score you know, one game. I just think that's a little high. It, it's really almost a, a championship game atmosphere. Uh, at Husky Stadium on Saturday. So I lean under. Okay. It's too hard for me to, to get a side in this one. Yeah, I don't look at totals, but yeah. I agree with you on yeah. that. I mean, mm. uh, it's a rivalry game. Uh, when are these teams going to settle in after the whole mm-hmm. hype? Uh, and we know Oregon can rev it up from their head coach and certainly looking for Washington to do the same. This is a border war. It's, it's a game that is underlined, circled, highlighted uh, in neon. I mean, you point and you identify this game now. Washington had extra time to prepare for this game, which is significant, I think, um, you know, because we're talking about execution from a spread standpoint. Uh, and so that stadium, I played in that stadium when Washington had it going. And so did we. Uh, and, you know, Femi, you were one years old when they won a national championship <laughs> yeah. back in 1991. The dog father, uh, Don yeah, James. Yeah, Mark Brunel, <laughs> yeah. Greg Lewis, all those guys, right? Mario Bailey, all these guys. But um, when the fans are in that thing, uh, that's a difficult place to play. And I know we talk about Oregon and how difficult it is to play there. But this border war and, you know, Bo Nix, mm. I know he's a Heisman Trophy candidate. But is he going to outplay and outshine Penix? I mean, Penix has been solid. Uh, this offense has been explosive. I think the weapons for, for Washington uh, and indicate that as well. And I think that's going to be tough for Oregon. Oregon's got a great defense. I get it. Uh, but Washington, I'm an offensive guy in a, in a rivalry situation. I, I think Washington has enough plays to, to get it done uh, in this game. 
both teams, they, uh, you mentioned like efficient offensively, I think is a really good way to put it. But I would mm-hmm. say Washington's probably more explosive right. in the passing game because you mentioned Michael Penix, who right now is the Heisman favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roma Dunze, he's got McMillan. He's got like a bunch of just oh, uh, yeah. great weapons to go ahead and distribute the ball to. But my concern here with the Huskies, and it's kind of taken me a little bit to come, come around to this style of play for Washington because like when I grew up, you talk about Don James and the dog mm-hmm. father and even the teams that were after with Chris Peterson and all that. It's always been running the football mm-hmm. and playing great defense. This Husky defense, I think, is a little bit suspect. I think if you have a strong passing game, if you have a balanced attack, you can exploit this Washington defense. Can they outscore you? 100%. What Penix can do with the offense is terrific. But defensively is where I've kind of been a little bit apprehensive to dive all the way into believing that the Huskies are a college football playoff caliber team because all their metrics say that they are, but I still haven't seen them be able to put up a good defensive performance against a good team. And we're going to find out tomorrow. You see Oregon, one, three, and one yeah. to the unders, mm-hmm. right? To, mm-hmm. And and that went game against Colorado way under. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. I just think that the pace of this game will, will it, it's going to take, you know, you can get two punts each side. You're a favorite here now mm-hmm. on 66 and a half. Yeah, it's not. So. It, it's not what college football used to be, obviously, with the clock running out right. and stuff, too. Still, then, yep. you know, when teams want to do pace, they want to implement that. We see it in the first quarter, but we often don't see that. Uh, consistently throughout a 60 minute game they'll they'll rev it up they'll they'll pick it up at points and in, in, at points right uh, maybe in the fourth quarter hey let's rev up the pace but it's not a sustained uh situation and where you want to get to the line of scrimmage and call these quick plays and get the ball snapped quickly in that way and trying to wear down your opponent i mean i, I think defensively you, you have to coach towards that uh if you can trying to keep those guys fresh right um i, I I think the offensive firepower, though, for Washington is there to keep them in this game, to your point, Femi, about their defense. And then in the fourth quarter, who's going to make those plays? Because that's when things get tight. Uh, And then certainly in a rivalry situation, home field advantage, I believe, is there in in this matchup uh, for the Huskies. Uh, I like the Huskies and and the three points. How big is the home field advantage there? Um, You you know, when they're good, um, Mike, I, I think is I think is pretty good. I, I think it's pretty good. Um, like I said, when we played them, we had a home and home. Uh, the first year, Brunel wasn't there, but we played him up there, and that was tough. We, it took us a while to get going, uh, but once we got going, obviously we controlled control the game that way. But I, I think when they got it going, though, that stadium is, is a tough place to win. Don and James if played everybody. Team. Right. I mean, they did home and home with you, home yep. and home with Miami, oh, yeah. home and home with Nebraska. Yeah. Remember, they, they, they ended both those teams' long home winning streaks mm-hmm. in non-conference games, Miami mm-hmm. and, and Nebraska. I, th- I don't think it's a top, like, four Pac-10 home venue, though. It's for, I, I think Rice-Eccles, I think Outson is a, is a tougher place mm-hmm. to play. I, that, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it – I think if this game was at Oregon – Oregon should be more than three. That's how, but the difference between outs and, and Husky Stadium. I would say it's a top three when it's humming along. Like yeah. Pritch said, like having covered games there and like just like following the program yeah. my whole life, like like the way that the stadium is built, even though it's an outdoor yeah. stadium, like that's the noise is really right. trapped and it's it feels like it's on top of mm-hmm. you when you're on the field level there to where I think it's going to be humming. If the Huskies start fast, it's definitely going to be humming. Yeah. But if Oregon has a methodical drive mm-hmm. and really takes it to them early in the game, it can quiet the crowd. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm very torn on this game. I think the two things that I'm really hung up on is Road Bo Nix. We saw that in the SEC. Road Bo Nix is not a good situation, but then it's the Husky defense as well. So we'll see what happens. I mean, it's going to come down to the turnovers. I would probably lean towards Washington winning the game. Whoever wins it will probably be the Heisman favorite, to be honest, uh, based on what might happen in South Bend. But uh, I I think this is going to be a hell of a game to watch coming up tomorrow. Let's talk about the game in South Bend. USC, Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish have been bet up to three-point favorites here at Circa. Two and a half is still the consensus number. Sixty and a half is our total. Does Notre Dame bounce back again here? Here, uh, after the loss to Louisville, I don't know. I have no thoughts really. Here. <laughs> you have no I thoughts. He had no. thoughts about the '89 team, but <laughs> not. <laughs> that's relevant. It's relevant to your own theories and your experience. 2023 <laughs> team, no thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> well, what about 2023 USC though? I mean, you got to have thoughts on the Trojans this right. year, no, undefeated so know. far. But. I, I don't know. I mean, Grinch's defense could you know we could we we could finally see Hartman really break out here. I mean, mm. if they want to try to. Depress it. They haven't though. They've tried to stay balanced because they have a good offensive line. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they have a very good. Turn the ball over five times in Louisville, you know. Right. And in a close game, you just can't do that. I I, I give it advantage to Notre Dame, but you know, I, I don't even know where I'm at in my head with yeah, what I want to happen. I, I mean, is college football more 
does it lean more towards the offense or does it lean more towards the defense? I mean, I think in the National yeah. Football League, you, you can spot and identify great defensive teams and, and maybe you had some advantages betting. Um, college football, to me, is all about the explosive nature and being offensive minded. Uh, and Lincoln Riley is all that. Um, you know, this is the kind of stage in which Caleb usually plays well uh, in that offense. So uh, it's a chance to catch points, even with a bad defense. I, I, I think USC and their defense isn't that good. Uh, Notre Dame at home, I mean, with offense, uh, you know, if they can be well coached, if they're all on the same page and not making mistakes, uh, I can see them winning the game. I can. But with that explosive nature of USC and Caleb uh, and taking points, I mean, and catching points, that, that's that's attractive to me. My argument against USC in this spot, I guess, if I had to make one, is just to step up in class here. I mean, this is this is a this is Notre Dame that's been running in stakes races against USC. Who, who have they beaten? I mean, well, I guess. Arizona is the best team they've beaten. I don't want to disrespect wow. the, the disrespect disres- for the Buffs. <laughs> I know, a little bit. Disrespect the PR he's campaign been, he's, in Boulder. He's been I, subtle <laughs> to this point. You've been subtle today to this point. <laughs> Notre Dame's right? come, this, this is our fourth straight ranked opponent. They had a go-to yeah. Duke, an undefeated go-to, an undefeated Louisville, right? I Toughest mean, had, conference in college football. Um, Pac-12. Top right. to bottom is Pac-12. Oh, yeah, SC from the But USC home. hasn't played in. I mean, that, yeah. that's like oh, I said, SEC, SEC, SEC. Well, what does Vanderbilt have to do with the SEC? I mean, making it the best conference, right? They beat the bottom team. The bottom oh, you, guys can't the bottom run the, you guys can't run the gauntlet? What's going on with Notre Dame? Bad schedule. We'll continue Mom this. Malloy would have never made this schedule. <laughs> Our number two is coming up next on the Lombardi Line. <laughs> This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here on a football Friday. We've been talking a lot of college football, mm-hmm. and we'll continue that discussion as well as some NFL analysis with our next guest here. Tank Williams, former player in the National Football League, now an NFL college football and fantasy analyst. Tank, we appreciate you joining us here on the Lombardi line, as always. And we'll start off with college football here. We want to talk about the game in Mm -hmm. Seattle. In your opinion, who has the edge between Oregon and Washington? It's really tough to say because, I mean, Washington, let's just start off with the college football environment. That stadium, Husky Stadium, is one of the tougher places to play in college football. And I know once this game is played and people get to see it on a national scale, they'll say, oh, my goodness, look at these two Big Ten teams playing. But, nah, it was something <laughs> back in the Pac-12 days. Like, don't get it twisted. But, I mean, these are two high-powered offenses. I mean, both of these quarterbacks are up for the Heisman, and rightfully so. I mean, I think there's going to be a little bit of rain in the forecast. And I hope that the conditions aren't that bad, even though both of these teams are accustomed to playing in drizzly, rainy weather. I want I, I just want it to be pristine environment so we can just see the best of both of these teams. And I think that for me personally, when I look at Oregon and I look at Landon coming from the SEC, what he's been able to do with that defense and also the high-powered offense that they have, I would probably give a slight lean to them, but I wouldn't pick them. I mean, honestly, I feel that if you're going to do anything, just go at the over, and that's the safer bet at 67 and a half. Yeah, we were talking about the under, to be honest with you, earlier, uh, Tank, mm-hmm. because of, um, you know, you think about, uh, like you mentioned, Oregon, they're built like an SEC team, in my opinion. Um, but then, you know, you wonder about the rivalry situation and having played in these rivalry games and that emotion. I wonder how long it's going to take both teams to kind of settle down in this matchup. I mean, I think that we saw a little bit of a lag from Oregon when they played against my Stanford Cardinal the other week where they started off a little bit slow. I think they were probably looking ahead to this game. They started off a little bit slow in that game. But if you look at the big high-octane matchup they had with Colorado, they came out like kicking on all cylinders for jump. And I think that this is a game that both of these teams had circled from jump street and that both of them will come out with a solid game plan. And it's... It's going to be really tough to slow down both of these offenses, even though you have like some really great defensive minds on both sides of the ball, and especially on the organs. Tank, I want to talk about a matchup in the ACC between uh, Miami and North Carolina. And we talked with Pritch about this a little earlier, but you're a little not as far removed from the game as he is. Uh, where? <laughs> He's trying to where, stay old, Tank. Well, you're, you're distinguished, Pritch. Where are these kids' heads at for Miami after their coach can't add? And runs the football and fumble. I mean, their undefeated season, the ACC title, home loss to Georgia. I mean, what kind of a week of preparation are they having heading into playing a very good North Carolina team? 
We always talk about how tough it is to win games, whether it's in the NFL or in college football. So the last thing you want to do is beat yourself. And when you have your head coach who's supposed to be on, I mean, that's your job. Like, our job is to go out there, make tackles, catch balls, score touchdowns. Dude, your job is to manage the game. And you can't even do that right in the most crucial opportunities, moments in the games. Like, that's just inexcusable. So now, like, you see the coaches, like the players on the sideline, just in tears saying, like, what are we doing? Hmm. And so if you're questioning your coach at that pivotal moment, oh, you better believe that they're going to be questioning some other things now. And now you have a matchup against North Carolina, who's undefeated. You have to go play against them. And they've been throwing up there in the 40-40 club. They've thrown up 40 points the past couple of weeks. And I don't think that's going to slow down here against Miami. So, yeah, they're going to be motivated to try to say, like, hey, we should be still undefeated too. But I think they're going to just run into a bus out in North Carolina this week. So I'd probably take... Uh, the money line on North Carolina and the over, too. I expect them to score a lot of points. All right, money line over at DraftKings, minus 166 mm. for the Tar Heels to beat the Miami Hurricanes. We're hanging out with Tank Williams here, former NFL DB, now an NFL college football fantasy and betting analyst, chatting with us on the Lombardi line. Well, where are you at with USC Notre Dame? The betting market seems like it's interested in the Fighting Irish to bounce back after their loss to Louisville. Uh, do you think that they can hand the Trojans their first loss of the season? Listen, like, I'm not going to even try to hide it. Like, I'm a Notre Dame hater. I hated Notre Dame when we played them in college every year. And that's maintained all the way through these years. And I'm damn near, like, 45 right now. And I still hate them just as much as I did when I was 25. And so I just don't understand how Notre Dame is favored in this game. Now, I understand the limitations of SC's defense. That's been well documented. But, I mean, I've heard people talk about Hartman being the next coming of Joe Montana and all these things, and I just get tired of Notre Dame just being pumped up every single year only to let everyone down except me who hates Notre Dame to see them lose these crucial games. <laughs> they did against Louisville. I picked that upset last week where they were going to go into an environment. They had college game there at Duke, so they were able to get up for that one, and they squeaked out a victory there. And then they went to Louisville and happened what should have happened. Louisville beat them. And I think in this instance, too, people are feeling that, oh, yeah, they're going to get that poor SC defense and they playing at home. That's not going to matter. My cousin Caleb Williams is going to go up in there and find a way to get the dub, even if that defense does give up 35, 40 points. Tank, let's revisit the border war then. And I want to throw this theory at you. Do you give any advantage to Oregon and that they've had two weeks off? Where Washington's only had one. I mean, they had very little prep to go to the farm and play Stanford. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for it. Well, well take, take Mike Palm is a Notre he, he knows Notre Dame. <laughs> I'm a Notre Dame grad tank. Yeah. <laughs> The good thing is this. Even when I rock my Stanford shirt, I can say I'm rocking it for the football team when we're doing well. And if the football team's down, I can rock it for the academics. So no matter what, I keep my head held up high. <laughs> it's not too shabby at South Bend either, the academic. Just, just, just playing around. <laughs> Two esteemed academic institutions. Well, how yeah. about your Stanford Cardinals against Pritchett's Colorado Buffaloes tonight? I, mean, I was going to ask you about that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, what was that? I think my earbud went out. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, I, I, I'm a believer of what Coach Prime is doing. Like, I love the swag that he comes to in his interviews. More important than anything else, I love that he gets down into the X's and O's and makes sure that his guys are coached up. And if they're not coached up, they're not going to play the game. I love the support that he shows them. He wants them to play with their chest out with their heads held high. He wants them to play with confidence. And what they've been doing on the field, given where Colorado was last year, is something that's commendable. And not only that, as ABC, as Fox, as CBS, what Coach Prime has done for these networks has been just like a gold mine. They didn't anticipate this coming in. That's why he's been on nationally televised games ever since he uh, slapped TCU over the head in week one. And so <laughs> what's that going to be able to do? Like, we have a new coach coming in this year. We're revamping. We're restarting. We can't take advantage of the portal like all these other teams out there. So it's hard out here for a Stanford tree. <laughs> easy victory on ESPN. But that being said, my Stanford Cardinal, we're going to go out there. We're going to go out there and fight and try to put forward a good game. But I think Coach Palm and those boys are going to have a little bit too much for us tonight. There you go. Well, for what it's worth, both Pritch and Mike Palm would not lay the 12 and a half yeah. of Colorado tonight. So maybe Stanford a little bit more competitive than the betting market thinks. Let's switch over to the NFL, though. We've been talking about everyone's team. Let's talk about my team in the NFL. That's the Dallas Cowboys coming off an absolute thrashing last Sunday night against the San Francisco 49ers. Now they're two and a half point favorites in L.A. to take on the Chargers Monday night, total 51. How do you see this one playing out? 
Now, this one is interesting to me. I mean, I think you've heard it all along TV uh, this past week, and I think it's true. Like, that Dallas offense looks stale. I know Dak catches a lot of heat and things like that, but I think that some of the most brilliant NFL minds, especially on the offensive side of the ball today, find creative ways to get their best weapon, the ball, on several occasions throughout the game. Whether you look at the team that they're playing, Keenan Allen getting 20-something targets a couple of weeks ago and getting 18 catches. You look at Jamar Chase going off against the Arizona Cardinals. Like, you need to be able to do that for Tony Pollard. You need to be able to do that for C.D. Lamb. And then what was more disappointing than anything else, when you understand that the offense may have some limitations against the San Francisco 49ers last week, that defense didn't show any dogs. You got dogs on that defense with Michael Parsons, with Tank Lawrence, some of these other guys, but they didn't show any dog in that fight. And so... That has to come from the top down. So until Dallas starts playing with a little bit of swag, until they get in that darn on playbook and start, uh, you know, uh, dialing up some creative plays, at least on the offensive side of the ball so they can be competitive, it's going to be hard for those Dallas Cowboys. But that being said, if you want to look at a prop that I like, the Chargers have always been pretty uh, bad against the run. And I think Tony Pollard, I was looking at the number, I think it's like in the 50, 60 rushing yard total. I kind of like that. And if you just pair it in the SGP or something like that, I think that that will be something where you can get a little bit of uh, plus money, some juice on your hand. But as far as like winning the game, I kind of like those charges. Tank, we got about a minute. Um, what were your thoughts on Seattle and, and Cincinnati? I, I mean, I, Cincinnati had that get-right situation against Arizona. I don't know if they got right, but they certainly involved Jamar Chase. And, you know, from a prop market standpoint, obviously he's somebody I would look to. Uh, what's your, what are your thoughts on, on this matchup against the Seahawks? Yeah, T. Higgins is trying to play in this game. I'm not sure how effective he'll be if he is going to play. Uh, so, yeah, you have to look to Jamar Chase. The one thing that I would say is that that Seattle defense has been playing a little bit more competitive ball than what we saw last year. I really like what I saw out of Devin Witherspoon last week on Monday Night Football, but that was against the Giants, so I'm interested to see how he does against better competition. If you look at the opposite side of the ball, that Cincinnati defense has been giving up some big chunk plays. I think they're missing their two superstar safeties that left in free agency this year. So if you want to look at the flip side, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, getting deep and hey, either longest reception in the game or number of receptions or reception yardage, things like that, I think that would be something I'd be interested in, looking at a potential shootout between the Bengals and the Seahawks. Seahawks coming off of the bye. Geno Smith sounds like he is A-OK with the knee that he banged up against the New York Giants a couple weeks ago. He is Tank Williams, NFL betting analyst, also college football and fantasy. Mike, you want to say something? He's still mad about Ty Willingham. He, he won't forgive Notre Dame for taking Ty Willingham. <laughs> hey, hey, actually, Coach Dell went to Notre Dame when I got drafted to the league, so I was all good. He did the right thing. Tank, be well. We'll talk to you soon. We'll be back to talk some more content stuff on the other side. <laughs> There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Mike Palm and Mike Pritchard. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. Femi Abebefe, Mike Palm, Mike Pritchard here hanging out on the DraftKings Network. Thank you to Tank Williams, former NFL defensive back, also now an NFL betting analyst, also analyzes college football, fantasy sports, and all sorts of things. Uh, He joined us in the last segment, fun segment. If you missed it, make sure you check it out in podcast form over on the Lombardi Line. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. But uh, let's talk a little bit of contests here, shall we? Uh, I know Pritch, Hmm. he is one among us who is still involved (laughs) In Survivor. I mean, yeah. you've, you've made it all the way. We're sitting here now at week six. A lot of people have been eliminated. Um, where are you at right now? And I guess what are you sort of uh, mulling over before you make your selections 24 hours from now? Well, I've got a partner. And, you know, so the journey has been interesting because, you know, week one it was Washington, right? Uh, the time to play, I think, that team. Uh, but now it's starting to get a little bit more difficult in terms of who do you try to save, uh, uh, certainly for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and then um, who do you go with, right? And, you know, you want to go with home favorites, strong home favorites. I mean, every, mm-hmm. everybody's kind of trying to do that. But with one entry, you know, it's starting to get more and more uh, difficult. So, um, you know, the Rams are, are one of those teams where you're probably going to use them, uh, and, you know, in a certain spot. This one scares me because it's a division kind of spot. Uh, we saw last night what can happen with familiarity, uh, and tendencies, because I think that's what's coming in into play now in the National Football League, uh, and so that that makes it difficult. Um, you know, you want to save uh, Dallas, you want to save Detroit, uh, certainly um, uh, if you can. Uh, so it's going to be a, a difficult decision coming up uh, this weekend. So you use Miami, so yep. that's not a consideration yeah. for you. Last and week. Detroit, you're saving for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this is a game I looked at. If you weren't going to use any of the big favorites. Would you consider using Atlanta at home against Washington mm. this week? I haven't talked about that one. I uh, have not talked about that one. Uh, I think uh, Atlanta offensively makes us nervous, or, or should. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, w- what's going on, too? You know, you know I, the home favorite kind of thing is, is tricky to me um, because I, I, I'm not seeing stellar football. I'm not seeing quarterbacks kind of – uh, separate themselves, right? I mean, uh, we want to rely on some of that information if we can. And then, you know, with the commanders, any type of good defensive effort, they're going to win some games. I believe so. You know, especially on the other side, if Atlanta's not prolific or not scoring a lot of points. You know, it's interesting because we were having this conversation during the break in the first hour about, like, how there's so many bad football teams oh, yeah. this year. Uh- so we're like, like, I think, like, like, let's hopefully knock on wood that you're able to survive this yeah. week. When you play it forward, like, do you kind of just play this out conventionally because you could just sort of each week it feels like you can pick on one of these bad teams and be able to kind of get through that way? Because I think, like, like for myself, like I usually like to roll the dice. That's why I was out in week two. But, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a cutesy kind of survivors cutesy player. player. <laughs> but like, like, is this a more conventional survivor year to where like we might at the end of the year have 20, 25 people that ultimately make it all the way through? I said there'll be 75. I, 75. 75. Wow. Yeah. I think there's a path through here that if. Somebody doesn't, that isn't a touchdown home favorite, doesn't get upset for that. We're going to take yeah. 12, 1400 into Thanksgiving. And the people have two options on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Dallas, or I think Detroit might actually be the better option on Thanksgiving, yeah. the way that they played in Lambeau earlier. Right, right. Um, don't, you know, Michael Lombardi, who, who gives his name to this show, uh, and appears here six of the seven days, except when the the, the, the entertainment panel comes on on Friday, <laughs> talks about in handicapping coordinator matchups. Or uh-huh. don't you like Arthur Smith versus Del Rio this week? 
Or is it negated by Ritter? <laughs> See, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the great equalizer. <laughs> my hatred towards Del Rio is strong. It is. I know. I'm trying to play. I'm playing yeah. on all your biases tonight. This morning. And, and <laughs> one thing I've learned from betting is I got to eliminate bias, yeah. you know, if I can. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think Arthur Smith has figured out how to operate consistently with this group of talent. Um, I, I think the quarterback, he wants it to be Tannehill so bad, but uh, he can't. You know, I, I think he'd be better off with Heineke yeah. because you know what you're going to get with that guy. He's a gunslinger. Do you have to rein, rein him in or reel him in a little bit? Perhaps, but at least you know he'll, he'll try to thread a needle for you. Whereas Ritter is timid, and I don't know how you call plays with a timid quarterback. I think they can run the ball. Right. Washington, oh, though, sure. because I mean the Bears. Right. Even the Bears ran the ball effectively yeah. on Washington, right? So I just, I mean, I give Atlanta credit for coming back and winning that game. Mm -hmm. I thought, I thought Houston would win that game, but they hung in there. They hung yeah. in there, and you know when they got the ball last, uh, they took care of it. He mm -hmm. was able to drive them down and kick the field goal. So I would look at it. I agree, though, and uh, I mean McVeigh's track record against Arizona is unbelievable. A lot of that's right. Kingsbury. Yeah. But his track record against Arizona, they've they've just so dominated this this rivalry. Yeah, you know, Stafford has a what a hip pointer yep. or something like that. And you know, he's along with the bruise, spinal cord and all that. Like I you know, we're we're down to what Brett Rippon. Um if that's the case too. Now, you love Cooper Cup, you certainly love Nakua, and you love uh, offensively what may perhaps they can do against Arizona. But if, if Stafford goes down, then you know, I don't know about surviving after that. Yeah, kind of SOL. But yeah. I mean, you can make that case about any team, though, that you pick that if, if the quarterback goes down, maybe some situations obviously better than others. Mm -hmm. But in right. a lot of the situations, QB1 goes down, it's hold on to your butt kind of time. <laughs> um, but I, I mentioned I was knocked out of Survivor. Pritch is still involved, so we're rooting for Pritch to go ahead and uh, fulfill the $9 million dream here. Um, I'm still in the Circa Million. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> but it's all relative. I it's mean, all relative. It's yeah. all relative, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, it's the dream. But he's uh, doing it for the, just the competition. The, competition. the money yeah. is kind of irrelevant. Sign-up bonus is kind of added up to... Uh, uh, right? Yeah, my sign-up <laughs> bonus is yeah. kind of... It's all relative. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, 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 would, I, yeah. I would like the, uh, the, the relative money. Yeah. <laughs> I would like that as well. When you had a few sign-up bonuses, though. Yeah, I haven't had those. The Circa Million, though, is what I do have right now. And I was looking at the standings earlier, and it's Circa Millions has gotten off to a rough start rough start for me uh, thankfully thank god i haven't been betting a lot of these plays otherwise i might not be here right now but i, I actually think i'm gonna go for the booby prize mm. i think i think i'm gonna make the turn how did you do last week so last week we went one and four. Oh, so you go the for the second quarter booby prize. So I'm going to go for the yeah. second quarter booby yeah. prize, but I'm also kind of like yourself for the whole season. I'm kind of like I'm I am within shouting distance of the full season booby prize. It has been that bad. How many games back are plays. you of last place in the three? Conference? Three. Wow. Wow. You're yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can do I, it. Like, so I, it's like I'm, I'm, it. I'm looking at it right now. It's where I'm like, yeah. okay, like do we kind of make the turn? And I feel like I have to make the turn. So when you make the turn, will you? Pick against your five selections, or will you just keep taking the selections? Because you're doing it right for the movie yeah. prize already. I know, I know, so I know, so I know. far, I've been doing it right. <laughs> right. I, which is like my dreaded sort of situation. I was like, all right, well, now that these are picks I don't think are going to win and watch me go 5-0, and oh, <laughs> that would not be ideal. But uh, I think we've made the turn mentally now, because I was doing some of the, uh, the, the itinerary on this uh, yesterday, and I was like, gosh, I'm really... I'm three back right now. I only have I only have eight points. Five points right now is where the leader in the booby prize, I believe, is uh, Tax the Rich, I believe, is the uh, the booby prize leader right now. What a name. So, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> one bad mother. Split the first, and he's leading. But, he went four and one. He's on top so, know, through, through five weeks. So so we'll see. So we're going to go for, the obviously, yeah. the second quarter booby prize. Hopefully, we can go ahead and cash that out. But uh, we're going full booby now. So uh, I'm going to figure out the plates. I actually contemplated laying 10 and a half with Kansas City last night. I'm glad I didn't do it because no. they ended up covering yeah. that right. number. But I contemplated laying the 10. Because I thought Denver could actually hang close. With well, the don't overthink conditions. it. Don't overthink it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's probably hard to say. I mean, hard to do. Easy to say, hard to do. Yeah. Um, because now you're thinking about. Now I'm thinking about right. trying right. to lose. And right. it's like, it's like, do I just organically go about how I've been doing it, which has been terrible in the contest. Uh, but I, I think Cleveland plus seven will be on the uh, the booby prize list. Or do you think that's a bad selection? Do you think a lot of booby prize contestants will be going Cleveland plus seven? Seven and a half. Is consensus actually. booby, maybe. It might yeah. be a consensus. Probably consensus, consensus booby. Consensus booby. Consensus booby. <laughs> <laughs> Put the IE on that.
The lines are as follows. I mean, like the, we have four for the Ra Ravens, Titans, two and a half as Commanders. I, I think I'm going to have Bears plus three in, in, in the booby prize. I, I don't believe in Chicago. Ooh. I don't believe in Chicago in this spot. Ooh, I, think, but, I think it's Minnesota. Really? Yeah. But Ooh. but you could go through Cousins' career <laughs> at Minnesota. It's and a house of horrors. All, it, it's yeah. ridiculous. It's all the times they go there with the better team, and it just all breaks down at Soldier Field for him. Right. He's really struggled there. That's she, the game where I mean, Thielen came out and mm -hmm. said, and, and then Cousins said, I went back and looked at the tape. He was right. Yeah. He was open. And he I wasn't open. throwing the ball. I remember that game well. I was on Minnesota. Because, Fim, I remember <laughs> what you said about Jacksonville, like not a believer of Jacksonville. Yeah. And that's a tough spot, having been overseas for a few weeks. I got to come home and – um, if there's one team that could get hot or has been hot, uh, you know, you're looking at that team. I mean, Randy Miller was on the program last week uh, and talked mm -hmm. about Houston uh, and, and one of those teams that certainly could be one of those outlier teams this year. How about the Four Femmes ah. project, the Patriots? This team can't score, yeah, no. Rich. Yeah, they can't. They cannot they score. Can. Right. And the Raiders. And defense. the Raiders just beat a non-explosive yeah. team. On, can, on can, you, can you lay three, though, with McDaniels? How about I mean, that decision? I mean, he, he is, he is itching Just to kick McCoy, a field. Just be more right. I, mean, <laughs> I would never lay it with him. Okay. Yeah, I would never. It's too bad. Also, how do, the, how do the Giants hang within the number with Tyrod? We'll see. We'll get to all the other NFL games on the other side to wrap up the show. This is the Lombardi Live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.